minutes. Hi, welcome to Anton Knows. Merry Christmas. We're continuing our adventures with Rankin Bass. This is episode 42, that magic number. And let us talk about Frosty the Snowman and some other Rankin Bass adventures and some other things that weren't done by Rankin Bass. Can you imagine that? Frosty the Snowman aired in 1969. That's the year that I was born. And Jimmy Durante, he really famous. Good night, Mrs. Cabash, wherever you are. He had his own TV show, did a lot for St. Jude, was a really, really, really famous uh, entertainer. And he tells the story. Every one of these uh, stories has a narrator. So the animation that was done by Frosted the Snowman was done by the Japanese company that was the early source for anime. How's that for a kick in the pants? That, that is really uh, true. Does that mean the Frosted the Snowman is anime? Because they were the ones that worked on Astro Boy and all the other uh, early anime. Uh, Frosty is a voice by Jackie Vernon. Jackie Vernon does Frosty throughout all the specials, except for some later ones. He long since passed away after that. And he was more known for doing deadpan comedy, but he doesn't do that here. Frosty's kind of got a little bit of a strange memory problem because, like, he knows... He has to go to the North Pole. He knows about the phenomena. But then when we get to the parade part, he doesn't know what a traffic light is. He doesn't know what a lamppost is. You know, that's why the policeman swallows the whistle, because he's like, come to life, you know. Okay. Uh, So Karen, this really pretty young girl, helps build a snowman. And uh, Susan Davidson does uh, her voice and I think she was a kid at this time because originally uh, they were all they were done by professional voice actors but then they added in kids voices when it was re-aired later on Billy Dew Wolf he's another very famous voice guy and he worked uh, as Professor Hinkle Professor Hinkle has the hat throws it away they put it on Frosty's head he sees Frosty come to life but he doesn't believe it. So he tries to steal the hat back. He, he does, but the rabbit, uh, Hocus Pocus, gives it back to Frosty and the family, the gang there. The gang goes and takes him to a refrigerated boxcar, so Karen goes with them. Now, Frosty and the rabbit are okay, but not Karen. So they eventually leave there. They go to these animals, and they find uh, a, a glen there. And they know Santa Claus is coming. So the rabbit talks to them. They talk to the rabbit. And they know how to fire. Now, when I recently rewatched this, I said, was Smokey the Bear there? Because how would they know how to build? Okay, it's a Christmas special. Let's just go with it. So they build a fire way out in the glen so that they will cause a forest fire and, and and does this. Now, Frosty decides, yes, going to talk to Santa Claus, and he can give him a ride to the North Pole. So they do this. But then Professor Hinkle arrives. Now he blows out the fire. Now isn't he cold, too? He's running around in a, in a tuxedo. It doesn't make any sense either there. He blows out the fire, and, 
And but Frosty, and probably the most spectacular part, he belly whops in the snow and uh, makes it down to this greenhouse. And probably in the, the saddest part. So Professor Hinkle eventually traps them in there and melts them. He melts Frosty. And this really haunting rendition by Jimmy Durante is really, really beautiful. That really hits you in the feels, as they say. So, But, of course, Santa Claus uh, and Mr. The Freeze, Freeze, that fellow, that he he was the voice of Winterbolt. He was in... He's the voice of the Burgermeister Meisterberger. He worked with Bullwinkle. He worked on everything. What famous voice did he do on Bullwinkle? Boris Badenoff. So he could do, like I've said before, he could do accents. That's why they uh, did that. So here he uh, he plays uh, Santa Claus, and he tells the frustrated, he writes one zillion, one million times. I'm not exactly sure on the number. If, if he does this, he get a new hat. So off he goes. As tired to lose and run, as he says. Frosty is brought back to life by a winter wind from uh, the... He's made of Christmas snow, so it's magic snow. They put the hat back on his head, and he's this. They take Karen back home. They leave her on a roof. I don't know why they do that. How did she get down from there? And then... Uh, the uh, then he comes back. Now, technically, Frosty is not really a Christmas song, but this is a Christmas special. Why are the kids on Christmas Eve uh, before uh, on school? I don't know. So, the gang uh, all celebrate a giant Christmas parade, and he says, I'll be back on Christmas Day. But in the original song, it says, I'll be back again someday. And we kind of follow that a little bit as we get to Frosty's Winter Wonderland, which aired in 1976, okay? This time hosted by Andy Griffith. Now, if you've ever been to Mayberry, you know who Andy Griffith is. And he had his own TV show. He was a comedian. He was a singer. He was a performer. He was in dozens of movies, dozens of TV shows. So he's perfect. And, and each time they animate this, they, they get the likeness right. You know exactly who they are. I guess the idea here for all these specials is that it's like an, an adult saying, well, let me tell you this story about... So Andy tells this story about Frosty uh, is... Uh, lonely up in the North Pole, and he decides maybe someday is today. So he comes back to the hometown. Karen is not there. Why she's not there, I don't know. But she is, when you look at the uh, stop-motion animation with the big super team up I talked about last time, uh, she's there. So if you really look, she's there. But not in the special. I don't know why. Shelly Winters plays Frosty's soon-to-be wife. The kids decide we're going to build a, a snow wife. So Parson Brown, just like in the uh, song, Winter Wonderland, he comes and he works together with them to build a snow parson. Now, there is a villain in this, and it is Jack Frost. Now, it's interesting that in his special... 
he was sad because he wanted to get married but and give up everything and go marry this girl, but it didn't work out. So in this, he's jealous of being the number one Frosty guy, I guess. Frosty the Snowman's too popular, I guess. So he steals Frosty's hat, but then Crystal kisses him, and he comes back to life. Crystal is brought to life by winter flowers that are made by snow. I guess they're Christmas snow, too. The continuity here is very strange. So Jack Frost comes back because they fool him, and he uh, is going to disrupt the wedding, but they ask him to be the best man, and he says, okay. Freeze uh, is his voice, and he is in the super special, and he is uh, Boris Badenoff and all these other characters. So it's really, really great. But what's great about this story is that uh, at first uh, Jack Frost says, well, I can make a winner all the time. and But Parson Brown tells them, you know, the good Lord promised all these plants and animals that they could come back in the springtime, okay? And the kids realize, I guess so. And, you know, winter goes away, but then it comes back again before you know it. So there you go. Now Frosty Returns. Now, Frosty Returns aired in 1992. It wasn't that long ago. And uh, one of the same animators who worked on Charlie Brown worked on this. So you'll see a similar style of that. This little girl doesn't believe in magic, and she has a magic hat, and it blows away and is replaced by Frosty's hat. And Frosty comes there. So uh, Holly is her name. Now, John Goodman, and he kind of sounds like Jackie, so he, you know, he's very classically trained, and he was on Roseanne. And the uh, same woman who played Crystal who played his wife, worked with the same actress, worked with John Goodman on Roseanne. So isn't that kind of ironic? So in this, uh, Mr. Twitchell, this bad guy, he wants to get rid of snow. So this is going to hurt the environment, the, the kids realize, and they're going to hurt the uh, winter carnival. Uh, again, we get another narrator here, and it's uh, done... Uh, oh, cats! Why we we've forgotten here? It it uh it, it's uh. Don't pause. Did you pause? John from Winters. That's the fellow that narrates here. Now, if you don't know who he is, he's an impressionist. He was a, a classic comedian. He was Rob Williams' son on Mork and Mindy. He was on uh dozens of, and he was Grandpa Smurf. On the Smurfs, in the last season of the Smurfs, when they uh, brought back uh, the Smurfs, he was Papa Smurf. So, there you go. So, he's this little guy who was on a, a snowflake, and he tells him about this Beansboro and this wi this winter carnival. So, Mr. Twitchell, he wants to do this. Brian Del Murray, uh, Murray, I should say. Brian Del Murray, he plays this guy, and he's got a cat. So, he sprays Frosty. And and it hurts him, and they say that melting hurts. I guess that's pretty horrifying for a snowman or a snow person. And uh, so this is going to hurt the environment. And at first, everybody likes that because they can get rid of snow 
on the sidewalks. No more shoveling, no more any of that. But you know that any kind of chemical that you introduce into the water table or anything can damage it. So uh, Summer Breeze is canned at the end. That's basically what happens to it. Now probably the weirdest special. Now let me talk about a little the personal touch about this, the legend of Frosty. Every time I wanted to watch this, I got interrupted. So it used to be on Cartoon Network every year, and I would go to watch it, and then all of a sudden I would get a call from downstairs. I can't watch it. So finally I was by myself, and I sat and watched it. And is it bad? It's not great. It's it's pretty uh, silly. Okay, uh, this one is uh, starring Billy Bob Bray, Billy Faber Bacon. Now you may know that you may not know the name, but you know him. He's Dover from Coach, and he also is Patrick Star, SpongeBob's best friend from SpongeBob SquarePants. Okay. Okay, this is, uh, and it's narrated by Burt Reynolds. But he doesn't kind of look like Burt Reynolds. This is a movie. So it's about, like, conformity and all this. Everybody has to be, you know, there's no fun. There's no, everybody has to be, like, rigid and so forth. And so this fellow named Principal Prickly tries to to, uh, take over from the town. And originally... The son of the uh, magician, he built Frosty. So the magic hat is imprisoned. Yes, I know. It makes no sense. It's silly. If you want to watch it just for a laugh or just because because you're a completist or whatever, I, I watched it because I wanted to see what it was all about, and it was bad. The environmental message and the conformity message makes no sense, and it's silly. So I would say skip it, all right? And now The Little Drummer Boy. That aired on December 19th, 1968, and uh, they, they did a lot of uh, religious, uh, they did two religious ones, but they never, after this, they never did one Rankin Bass. They did this. Uh, the, incidentally, uh, Frosty Re- uh, Returns and Frosty, the Legend of Frosty, are not done by Rankin Bass, but are done in a similar style. So, this is about a little boy, uh, Terry Emmons, I guess he was uh, a kid at this time. He follows the Three Kings to the manger, and just like in the song, he, he plays for the baby Jesus, and baby Jesus makes baby Jesus happy. That's more or less the story. And there's about a story about some little animals that help him out, and a few other things, and uh, if you've ever heard the rendition, rendition of uh, David Bowie and um, uh, the uh, the other f- famous uh, crooner, the uh, you would probably uh, know that rendition of Little Drummer Boy too. It's really, really, really great. And then Nestor the Longer Donkey. Nestor the Longer Donkey is very sad. Think. Bambi level of sad. Okay, this originally aired on December 3rd, 1977, and is narrated by Roger Miller. So he's a donkey in this. And he told you never knew that uh, Santa had a donkey. Well, he does. 
So he helps out the uh, farm to take care of the reindeer and stuff like that. And he tells the story, the real story of who the the donkey that brought Jesus to the manger. So he's thrown out with his owner uh, and his mother, and he's all alone. So there's this, a terrible storm, and him and his mother uh, get lost in the storm, but she protects him using her body, and she dies. So he... An angel comes named Tilly and says to him, you got to go to this certain spot, wait for a while, and then your destiny is going to come for you. And we know what that destiny is. It's Mary and Joseph. They come and they say, they, they had plenty of other donkeys, but she liked his face because it was sweet and gentle. And they march all the way to Bethlehem. Now, I could cry just thinking about this because he sees his mother in the sky. She says, follow the angels, Nestor, follow the angels. And he does, and he makes it to Bethlehem, and everyone does. The unique thing about this, if you really look, you see Jingle and Jangle there. You see Santa Claus. You see Mrs. Claus. And you'll see Rudolph, too, in a little cameo at the end when they're all uh, singing. It's really beautiful. Next time on Anton Knows, we'll talk about the stingiest man in town, one of the worst persons to hate Christmas, but probably the best icon and the author that changed Christmas forever. I'll see you again on another Anton Knows.